Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. And this is actually going on my YouTube channel as well today. I have a special guest in the studio. <laughs> I have Miss Nine. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So before we get started, we are going to be talking about um, social anxiety, which is something that I know way too well. And I know as well. <laughs> social anxiety is highly genetic. So it's not surprising that it's going to run in families and it's not surprising that I've struggled with it my whole life. And then that my daughter is struggling with it. Mm -hmm. So, and my other daughter struggles with it. Even my son, I think a little bit. So today we're going to talk about what it is, how it shows up and how you can fight it, which is really important. And the reason why I wanted to do this for both my podcast and my YouTube channel. So if you want to watch the video version of this and you're listening to the podcast, you can go to my YouTube channel. I'll leave a link in the show notes. It's because I think that kids want to hear about this directly too. And it's nice to have somebody here like you to talk about their own experiences. But before we get started, I want to let you know that my self-care series is starting in a few weeks. And for those of you that haven't participated in my self-care series before, it's really important to learn how to take care of yourself. And if you learn how to take care of yourself, change your mindset and work on your stress level, you're definitely going to be better able to help your kids with anxiety and OCD. So you can sign up for the self-care series. It's a free three-part video series that's starting in a few weeks. And I'll leave a link in the show notes, or if you're watching on YouTube, I'll leave it a link in the description so that you can sign up and join me. And we will do a lot of fun stuff during that series, but let's get into it with you. So I'm going to kind of interview Miss Nine a little bit so that we can talk and I'll talk about myself as well. What were some of the first signs that you noticed around social anxiety for you? Like, I was embarrassed a lot. Like, if I felt like I was going to barf, I was scared. If I did barf, that nobody would want to be friends with me anymore. Yeah, and I want to say that social anxiety shows up differently for different people. So a lot of times we think that these disorders are separate, that they live in different boxes. But really, there's a huge overlap. So you can have anxiety and OCD and social anxiety and social anxiety will kind of glom onto whatever themes you already have. So in your case, you're saying that you were worried about throwing up. You have something called emetophobia, mm -hmm. the fear of throwing up, fancy name. <laughs> and you have some OCD issues that make mm -hmm. you worry about your bladder and urine. Yeah. But your core fear around both of those is what? Being embarrassed. Yeah. And if you were to throw up around somebody, what... What's the worst that can happen? They don't want to be my friend anymore. Right. And so that's why it becomes a little bit of social anxiety as well, right? Mm -hmm. And we have done podcast episodes on emetophobia. You've come on the show and talked about your emetophobia, and mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Today, we're going to focus on social anxiety and how it shows up. So for you, it's mainly worrying, like if you throw up in front of somebody, they're not going to like you. Uh, and also, if like I have an accident that nobody will want to be my friend anymore because I peed my pants. Yep. And that's an irrational fear, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because you're nine, that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But the thought is, but what if? And then no one yeah. will be my friend. And so that's kind of a, it's a mix between OCD and social anxiety. 
Do you know how my social anxiety shows up? Yes, kind of. <laughs> you see it a lot. I do, and I recognize it. I know you do. You always point it out to me. Felt like you pointed it out yesterday. I can't remember what it was that I was doing. Do you remember? No, but I remember this one time when you were scared to go into the car with your pajamas on because you got if you got into a car accident, and then I told you to do it. That is true. That actually wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. We were getting ready to go somewhere. Oh, no, I was going. I was getting ready to drop you off at school. Yeah. And I was like, let me go put my pants on. And you were like, why? And I was like, well, because if I got in a car accident, I don't have my pajamas on. And you were like, mom, is that your social anxiety? And I was like, uh, uh, and you're like, take an expo, do a challenge. And we talk about challenges are exposures where you expose yourself mm-hmm. to the things that make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You call me out a lot on my social anxiety. I do. <laughs> Why do you do that? Because I want you to recognize your own social anxiety and just not mine. <laughs> does it make you feel better when you see mine? Yes, it does, actually. Why? Because I feel like I'm a little therapist, too. <laughs> and you are sometimes. It's so funny. And you know what? You helped me because did I change my pajamas that day? No. I didn't. And I went and I like sat in discomfort that I was wearing pajamas in the car. Like you always taught me to. I know. That's what we do, right? Mm -hmm. So my social anxiety shows up where like, my social anxiety is more like I'm worried about judgment. I'm worried about people. You, I feel like you have this too. Like appearance? Um, You know, it's not so much about appearance. You know, it's different for each person. Uh. But like, I worry about people rejecting me. Uh. And that's kind of at the core of most social anxiety is like people think social anxiety is about being able to make friends or being social. And it's not, right? Yeah. Do you have a hard time making friends? Not really. No, you don't. You're very social and you have good social skills. Do you think Mm -hmm. you have any problems with social skills? No. Do you think you're outgoing or do you think you're shy? I'm outgoing. You're very outgoing. Do you know what an introvert is? No, I do not. Oh, well, an introvert is someone who kind of like gets energized by being alone and an extrovert is someone who gets energized by being around people. Which one do you think you are? The second one. You're an extrovert? Yeah. I think so too. And I'm pointing that out because I'm an introvert, you're an extrovert, and yet we both have social anxiety. So social anxiety is not about whether you're outgoing or shy. It's not about whether you are good at making friends or not. Mm -hmm. It's about the fear of being judged or criticized or made fun of by other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The feeling of rejection. Like you're afraid if I throw up, I'll be rejected. Mm -hmm. If I have an accident in my pants, I'll be rejected. Yeah. Mine is like, if I say something stupid and people think I'm dumb, I'll be rejected. Or mine is like, everybody is friends, but me, I'm left out. They really don't like me. They're saying hi and they're smiling, but they really don't like me. You don't have that, do you? No, I don't. No, you're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) So it can look totally different for different people. Like you worried about your hair. We went through a period of time where your hair was a huge issue. And they were on a vacation, which Hmm. was sad. It was sad. What what was sad about it? That I had to deal with like social anxiety and anxiety and OCD on a vacation where I'm trying to relax. Yeah. Do you remember how it how it impacted you that trip? Oh yes. It was very very oh my <laughs> It was not fun. Yeah. What was it about your hair? I was scared that people would like reject me because I didn't look so good. Yeah. Do you remember what you had to do with your hair? Yeah, I did like I pulled it and I didn't let anybody look at it. Yeah. So you had to hold it in place. Uh-huh. 
Like you didn't want your hair to be kind of wavy or curly. You wanted it to be straight. I think this yeah. was before we got a flat iron, <laughs> right? <laughs> we got a flat iron, but that. We were on a cruise, so we didn't bring it. No, I don't even think we had it at the time. Mm. But it doesn't matter because really, it's not like you necessarily want to fix these problems. Mm-hmm. You kind of want to like sit in the discomfort. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's not about making you look better so that you feel better. It's like saying, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like on that trip, I had the most anxiety, social anxiety, and obviously day on my life. <laughs> I know. That was really sad. That was a really rough mm-hmm. trip for you. Yes. But how did you improve after that? Because you got better. Uh, I learned to deal with the discomfort. Yeah. And sometimes your hair looks a mess. Yeah. And I'm just like, come on, mom, let's go. I know. And even I'll be like, uh, do you want to brush your hair? And you're like, no. And I leave it because I'm proud of you. I want you to feel like you can go and have crazy hair and, and not care what other people think. Well, sometimes I'm just like, okay, it's so late. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. So social anxiety can show up differently for different people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we're covering. It can take advantage of your anxiety and OCD and other issues, or it can be by itself. Like my social anxiety is kind of my primary issue, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have a little bit of fear of throw up. Like I have a little bit of metaphobia that I did when I was your age. And you are scared of bloody noses. Ooh, that is true. I do have a blood thing too. <laughs> It doesn't rule my life, but it definitely is a problem. You actually had that too. Yeah, for like a second. Yeah, that was like a few days that Mm -hmm. we worked on it. But my social anxiety is my primary issue where I don't think social anxiety – do you think social anxiety is your primary issue or do you think – I think it is kind of like for the birth, for the like throwing up. Mm -hmm. But like for the pee, it's like you have to go over and over again. So it's kind of like OCD for the P. Yeah, I do feel like it's more like sensory motor OCD. And for those that are like, wait, what is she talking about? I do have a podcast episode on sensory motor OCD, and I do have a YouTube video on sensory motor OCD. And so you can just go into the search button. I'll leave links below as well so that you can Mm -hmm. see that. I'll leave links below on emetophobia, the fear of throwing up, so that you guys can dive deeper into that topic too. But for social anxiety, it's really feeling like people are going to reject you. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how we deal with that in our house because all of us, except for your dad, yeah. <laughs> have a little bit of social anxiety. Yeah. Like mine is is big. And I think that all of you struggle with it a little bit too. So well, I struggle with it kind of a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like your emetophobia and your social anxiety are smushed together pretty, pretty tightly. And, yeah. and that's true for a lot of people. A lot of people are afraid of throwing up primarily because they're afraid of being embarrassed, losing control, which is a social anxiety thing. So what are some ways that you've started working on your social anxiety? Well, I just really deal with the discomfort. Like sometimes I want to leave the restaurant because I don't feel so well, but even today I felt that, but then I just deal with the discomfort and I, sorry, I can't look for the word I'm looking for. That's okay. So you just sat with the discomfort? Yeah. Because what is, and you call your social anxiety your O cloud. Uh-huh. And O cloud is for all of your issues. We just naming it in mm-hmm. mind. Do you know what mine is called? No, I don't actually. You don't? You don't remember? No. <laughs> it's called paro. Oh. For paranoid. Actually, do you know paro is a Spanish word for dog? I did not know that. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the information. Are you sure? It is. I learned it in Spanish class. Okay. I'm going to trust you. Two years of Spanish, and this is all I got. Also. 
Do you know what that means? No, I don't I think know. it means back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so learning how to sit with the discomfort is really huge, right? Mm-hmm. Because social anxiety will want you to avoid. So mm-hmm. like I wanted to avoid going out in public wearing my pajamas. Yeah. Or sometimes I avoid, you know, I'm worried about saying something stupid. And sometimes I avoid like trying to go to restaurants, staying there. Yep. So for you, being in public and having all those people watch you at a restaurant where you're trapped is very triggering for you. Yeah. And often what what you want to do is leave. Mm-hmm. So you want, and that's kind of what social anxiety does is it makes you want to avoid. And once I did leave and immediately when I got in the car, I felt better. Why do you think that is? It's not like actually like I was going to throw up. It was like, if you do what your anxiety wants, then you will feel better. I know. That's what anxiety does, right? Mm -hmm. It's like it kind of threatens you. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's the same thing for me. Like it says, just avoid, avoid, avoid. And then if you avoid, you instantly feel better. Uh huh. But you don't want to avoid your like your whole life. That's true. Why? Because then you'll just be in your home all day and you really won't learn to do anything else. That's true. The more you avoid, the bigger it grows. Mm -hmm. Right? And I think you have found that because you have avoided before. Mm Mm-hmm. What grade was that where you were avoiding pretty much your entire life? <laughs> what grade? Was that second grade? I think it was first. Oh, was it first grade? Yeah. I think it was first grade. I had a very big problem in first grade. Yeah. And what did your social anxiety want you to do? Go to the nurse to eat lunch. Yep. Because eating in front of other people was too nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what social anxiety will do. It'll be like, it makes you feel really nervous in front of people. And so Mm -hmm. you want to avoid people. And so you wound up eating at the nurse, but then recess, what did you wind up doing? I winded up, oh my God, I don't even remember. Well, um, you started to not be able to go to recess. Mm -hmm. And then you started to not go to PE. And then you didn't want to go to school at all. It's like, Mm -hmm. and then even if you stayed at home and you weren't going to school, then it was like going out to restaurants or like just leaving the house in general Mm -hmm. became an issue. It got so bad. It did. And then- how did you shift your thinking? <laughs> it was two years ago. I know. Well, I think I feel like you're still working on it, like just like I am with my own stuff. Yeah. So actually one day my teacher, um, the nurse was absent, so I had to go to PE because they wouldn't let me miss PE. Mm-hmm. So then I learned to deal with it, and the next time I went to PE, and then I started to go to recess again, and then I started to go to lunch. Mm-hmm. So because you were forced to go to PE, and I remember this, mm-hmm. which seemed like a horrible thing for you at the time. It you're, did. Like, <laughs> you're like, this is a terrible idea. They're being so mean. But because you went through it and you handled the discomfort, it kind of got you over that hump. Uh-huh. Because like when I came, came back to PE, like everybody, like the PE teachers were very nice, actually. What were you worried about? Because that was your issue with PE. Uh-huh. I was worried that the PE teachers would be mean to me. Yep. And a lot of kids with social anxiety, they're worried about people being mean. Like a lot of times when you have anxiety, you're like super sensitive. Even if someone has a firm tone or you're worried that like they're going to embarrass you by like yelling at you Mm -hmm. or calling you out. What what worried you the most about the PE teachers? Well, there was like this one teacher that I thought was really mean, like before I even knew her. So I was scared that she was going to yell at me and everybody was going to like laugh at me. Yeah, that's classic social anxiety. Yeah. And even in the lunchroom with the lunch aides, what were you worried about with them? I don't think I was really worried about them. I I think I was just worried about throwing up in front of my friends. 
Oh, you know what? I think you're worried about the lunch ladies not letting you go to the nurse. I was worried about that. Because I know that we did have to like, we had to try to communicate with the lunch ladies. So I do mm-hmm. know that there was a component of lunch lady problems. Yeah. When a lunch lady wouldn't let me go to the nurse, I would, for some reason, start crying. And then she would let me go to the nurse. Yeah. Which was very bad. Why? Because then I started to do it like every day and then it kept on going for like weeks. Months. Mm-hmm. And then you wound up having lunch in a totally different class. Yes. You remember that? Yeah, Miss Boussier. Yep. But then that became a problem because then you had to eat in there in front of all of her students. And there was a point where that was making you uncomfortable. Yes. So I think the message is, regardless of what the struggle is that you're having, whether you're listening to this or watching this, is when you go down that rabbit hole and you avoid and you avoid and you avoid to get that brief relief, it just grows bigger. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to you in second grade. Yeah. And so now what do we do? How do we approach things that pop up for you? Well, I like breathe in and out and I deal with the discomfort. Yeah. When you deal with the discomfort, is there anything that you tell yourself or how do you handle that discomfort? I tell myself green thoughts. What are your green thoughts for social anxiety? My green thoughts are is, it's never happened before. What makes you think it's going to happen now? Okay. And so we talk a lot in our house and I talk to a lot of people in therapy about this. When you have anxiety, we don't do this really for OCD, but when you have anxiety, like your anxious thoughts can be red thoughts. It's just good to like have a visual for it. Yeah. And so we have red thoughts that make us anxious. And then, and the more red thoughts we have, the more anxious we get, the more we want to avoid. Yeah. But if we can tackle them with a green thought. Then it makes like, cause like your, your thinking changes a lot of stuff. It does. What does it change for you? It changes how I feel. Like if my stomach hurts, then if I tell myself like a green thought and then it changes the way I think, then it makes me feel better. Yeah. How we feel is directly related to how we think. Mm-hmm. And so it may not happen quickly, but when we change our thoughts, we can eventually change our bodies. And so mm-hmm. it's a little delay. So you have to get used to like if that emergency alarm system has been accidentally pulled, you might feel nauseous for a while, even if you're telling yourself, I don't care what people think, you know, I don't like mm-hmm. you to reassure yourself. I think the anxiety, the green thoughts should be more like, if I throw up or not, I'll be okay. Uh-huh. Or if I have an accident or not, I'll be okay. Because you don't like me to say, oh, I won't throw up. Mm-hmm. I know it. Like you want me to like say, if I do throw up, I'll be okay. Yeah. I want you to kind of to accept the the doubt and the uncertainty because that's mm-hmm. really the weapon that anxiety and OCD use against you is mm-hmm. how can you be for sure that you're not going to get sick? Or how can you be for sure that, that they aren't laughing at you? Like, so with mm-hmm. my social anxiety, my green thoughts aren't about making me feel better. They're not like, oh, they love you, Natasha. Like, don't worry. They totally want you to be part of their group. My social anxiety green thoughts are more like, they may or may not like you, but really who cares? Like, how is that going to make or break your life? Like mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't like you. It's not the end of the world. Right. It can feel like the end of the world for sure. And it does for me because I'm a people pleaser. I think you mm-hmm. are too. I am. <laughs> I want people to like me. I don't like confrontation. So my green thoughts are more about saying things like, I don't want to be friends with someone who doesn't like me or, okay, if they really don't like me, then it really doesn't matter because I like myself and Mm -hmm. I accept myself and all my weirdness. So if somebody's like, oh, that was stupid. 
or, oh, you mispronounced that word, which I do a lot, <laughs> you know, or you use that word wrong, which I do a lot. And the problem with being on YouTube and podcasts is people will actually email me and tell me that I did that, which in the beginning wasn't really good for my social anxiety because it made me feel really anxious and embarrassed. But now I'm like, yeah, okay. Sometimes I get things wrong and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have any green thoughts like that? Not really, because I don't have the same social anxiety as you, but I do have green thoughts. Yeah. What, what's your favorite green thought for social anxiety? Well, I just told you it. Snap, she's feisty. Yeah. Well, I think that you ha- we have worked a lot on not, not caring what other people think. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't care what other people think. Then it, it will go away soon. Yeah, because if you threw up, what were the green thoughts that we had around that in second grade? When I'd say, or no, it was first grade, right? If you threw up in front of someone. Yeah, who cares? What's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing. Well, what does your <laughs> O-Cloud say? That they wouldn't want to be my friend anymore. Okay. And so if that happened, see, we're just going down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Then what's the worst thing that would happen about that? Well, they might not be my friend. Do you want friends who aren't going to be your friends because you throw up and do something that every human being on this planet does? No. So then they wouldn't be good friends anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how we do green thoughts, right? Yeah. We just accept it. Yeah, we accept it. And I say, you know what? If people don't like me, then I don't want to be their friend anyway. I want to be true to my, who I am. Mm-hmm. I want to be my real person. And if mm-hmm. that's not your flavor, if you don't like me because you don't like who I am, then that's a you problem, not a me problem. Mm-hmm. It's easier said than done, but that is the way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have any advice for parents that are listening who mainly on the podcast, and then we'll ask you for advice for kids who are listening mainly on the YouTube channel. Do you have any advice for parents? Like you are gifted (laughs) with a, thank you. I I wasn't done with my sentence. (laughs) You are gifted with a wonderful mom. See, you missed that that second part of the sentence. Thank you. (laughs) Who is talented and is like the child whisperer of child anxiety and OCD. Mm -hmm. I'm just joking, but (laughs) So you get my help and I should charge you. But there's other people out there who might be listening to you and saying, I have a kid just like that, or I have a child with social anxiety. What's the best way I can help them? Tell them to do green thoughts and breathe in and out. You like breathing. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not a big fan of breathing, but that is something that you like. Mm -hmm. That helps it resets the nervous system. Yeah. It helps me be like from shaking to being like calmer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely helps you. And that just shows you that you know, different coping mechanisms work for different people. And so, you know, breathing is not even something that I necessarily teach in my practice because I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist and I'm just so big on the thinking part of things. But your therapist talks to you a lot about breathing and that's something that actually really helps you and that Mm -hmm. you like. And she is not my therapist. I am not because (laughs) that would be wrong, but I'm your mother. Mm -hmm. So, but I do like, so breathing and green thoughts help Mm -hmm. you. So teaching your child to think differently. And also to learn to deal with the discomfort. Yeah. And I think if they understood how anxiety works, then they're more likely to understand why you're saying to sit with the discomfort. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we give you a choice, right? Mm-hmm. We'll give you a choice, but I'll also tell you that you're feeding your O-Cloud. Mm-hmm. So we'll say something like, we can sit in this restaurant and sit with discomfort and you can earn a couple of points, <laughs> right? What do you yeah. do with your points? Spend it. On what? Robux. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of Robux. We're like supporting Robux, I think, single-handedly in this house. <laughs> or 
you can high five your oak cloud and grow it bigger and we can avoid and we can go in the parking lot. But ultimately, I let you decide that a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But when like my mom lets me decide it, it makes me want to do the opposite. So like I don't want to be in the parking lot. I want to face my fears. See, that's interesting. So why do you think that happens? Because you give me a choice. So if I said to you, no, you have to stay in this restaurant. I would want to go. Yeah. And I think that that's true for a lot of kids, like giving you the power. First of all, it's your deal, not mine, right? <laughs> I'm only here to help you. Yeah. So giving you the power to make that choice, it lets you battle your O-Cloud and not me. Mm-hmm. So It doesn't like make you tell me what to do and like make my O-Cloud grow. Yeah. Sometimes I think parents do need to hear that because mm-hmm. I think sometimes they kind of take the reins and they're like in the driver's seat. And they're like, okay, you have to do this. Yeah. I'll say, you can't, you, you can't grow your social anxiety. You have to stay in the restaurant or you have to, you know, go, go to school without your hair being straight. Yeah. For some reason with kids, like they want to do the opposite of what parents say. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you are? Mm-hmm. That's funny. Well, and I also think it really highlights that it's your deal, not my deal. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Just like when you say to me, mom. Is that your social anxiety? Mom, do you think that you should wear your pajamas in the car? But you're not telling me. I mean, you're my kid. But still, (laughs) then it makes me think, okay, well, I have a choice here. I could either be a good role model for her or I could give in to my social anxiety right now. What's my choice? And it's a no-brainer because I can't be a hypocrite and make mm-hmm. you do or suggest that you do hard things and then not do them myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really good advice, I think, for parents. What about for the kids that are listening on YouTube? Well, I think you should also learn to deal with discomfort because, you know, sometimes it might be hard to do that, but soon if you do that, then you will feel all better. That is true. I think sometimes people don't realize that when you jump off a cliff, which it can feel like with social anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, a parachute pops out and you don't land splat on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, you glide down and doing things that are really hard for social anxiety. Like I have a lot of kids that I work with in my practice and they like, they might create a ladder, like a challenge ladder of mm-hmm. thing, difficult things they can do. I actually have an entire class on this. Do you know that? I did not. Really? How do you not know that? So I do have an online class called how to crush your social anxiety. And I made it after I worked really hard on crushing my own social anxiety. Do you know that I did like a social anxiety challenge letter for myself? No. You don't know that? (laughs) Really? I did. And I had to do all sorts of really, really uncomfortable things. I had, these wouldn't be for you, but I had to Mm -hmm. talk to the checkout cashier at Walmart every time we went to the grocery store and make small talk, which was actually really hard for me. You still do that. Don't you? Not so much. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm an introvert, so I'm really not chatty to strangers. I am. You are. Oh, my gosh. She was, like, so embarrassing. You were so embarrassing when you were little. (laughs) She would do all these things, and I had social anxiety, and you would, like, talk to everybody. And Mm -hmm. you would say you had no filter, so you would, like, say really embarrassing things like, hey, why do you have no hair? (laughs) Or, hey, your teeth look a little green. And you would always be right, but it was still so mortifying. And I'd be like, I'm sorry. Here, have some more goldfish. (laughs) But it did help your social anxiety. It did. It really did because I needed to get over that. Like, you know, you're a toddler. You're allowed to say things. That's not a reflection on anything. Mm -hmm. So I did make, I made a challenge letter and I did like all these uncomfortable things. And finally, the last big challenge was for me to go to a different state to a conference without knowing anybody. And then I actually roomed with somebody, a stranger, which was super hard for me. 
And that was my ultimate challenge. When did we do that? I did it. Oh. I did it by myself last year, oh. maybe two years ago at this point. And yeah. Anyway, then I created a how to crush social anxiety course. And so my class is online and it is actually, it's a weird class because it's both for kids and adults. So anybody, I would say about eight years old and up into adulthood can take it because I feel like social anxiety impacts us all the same way. So don't be scared if you're the only kid there. Well, it's online. So it's just videos that you take. Nobody, you're not, you don't actually have to interact with people. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That would be really bad for social anxiety. That'd be like the last chapter of the class. But no, it's all videos. People just watch these videos. And I will leave links in the show notes and in the description for anyone who's interested in this class on how to crush social anxiety. But that can be really helpful too, just walking you through how to set up challenges and exposures and feel good about yourself so that you don't care what other people think, which is really at the heart mm. of it. I should make you take it. Have you never taken my class? No. Hmm. Do you want to? Sure. Okay. Maybe I'll make you take my class. That'd be good. We'll start today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, maybe not. Okay. So some really good advice. Do you know that I am actually currently working on a social anxiety memoir? No. Do you know what a memoir is? No. I have told you this. It's a book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm writing a book. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yes, I'm writing a book. Actually, the book is written. It's in the editing process right now. So Mm -hmm. I remember you writing it. I've been writing it for a while now. And Mm -hmm. so that will be coming out who knows when. But But you should go check it out when it comes out. Why, thank you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) That's not going to be for a while, actually, because it's just I have to shop around. So... I want to say thank you for coming on because I feel like that this is really good for your social anxiety too. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Were you going to say something else? No, I was not. Oh, it looked like you were about to say something. You're like, out of all the kids, you're like the only one who ever wants to participate on these things. Because I'm an extrovert. Uh-huh. And everybody else is an introvert. Introvert. Uh-huh. You're right. They are. So... That's why I do have two other children, but it looks like I only have one child because you're the only one that comes on my things. Yes, I am. (laughs) And I appreciate that because I think people like to hear from kids directly and Mm -hmm. I would never force you to do this, but I think it is really helpful when people hear directly from a child. Yeah. Other people are going through it. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'm sure that Miss Nine will be back some other time. Mm -hmm. It's always very easy and fun when I have her on because I don't have to really think about anything. We're just going to chat and talk like we normally do. Mm -hmm. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to hit a star and review it. I appreciate that. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of my episodes. They come out every Thursday. And I hope that you guys find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday for the podcast and Thursday for the YouTube. And make sure to hit that like button. Oh my gosh. Okay, we'll edit that out. (laughs) Just kidding. Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com. 